Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking. I am Kathy Cook Noble and we are on the Inspired Choices Network. And we are going to have a conversation today about philanthropy. But first, let me tell you who I am. Who are you listening to? This girl from someplace through the wires. Uh, I am a bookkeeper and a financial advisor by day. And my main goal and passion is to help women get set up financially and understand their finances. And that's actually where the show was born from. We know that at my in my office, we know that people can understand their finance. We know that we're all capable and smart enough and emotionally prepared enough to handle all of our emotions and our um, thoughts that surround our finances. So that's what I like to do. And, and really, that's what's important is once you have an understanding of your finances, then you can very easily live the life that you want and dream about and fulfill all those dreams and wishes that you'd really like to do uh, once you get your plan in place. So that's really where we came from. We are uh, we talk every week about different financial topics and today we're going to talk about philanthropy and I'm I'm guessing that you're all expecting me to, to talk to you about philanthropy from the state of how much money can I save on my taxes. I know we've all just been through the tax process. This is that time of year where you have submitted all your taxes and you're, and you're fresh off of that adventure. But uh, and you're listening to Financially Speaking and you're thinking, I'm sure, we're going to see how we can save money on our taxes by giving and being charitable. And we will talk a little bit about that. But I think that, that we really, I wanted to have a conversation about the bigger picture of philanthropy and what it really means. Because I know I always say that, that things lead back to your finances. And while I believe that, I don't mean that in the way where it's all about money and it's all about greed and growing your money and and uh, just keeping it to yourself and hoarding it and that sort of thing. Uh, we certainly know money is important, but it doesn't necessarily matter how much you have. Uh, it matters what you do with it. And it matters what kind of lifestyle you're looking for. Uh, if you want to own your own private jet, then that's that's doable. You can do that and you can enjoy traveling around, but if you're going to own your own private jet, you're never going to travel, it doesn't really make sense. So we have to be realistic when we talk about money and say, what is your lifestyle that you're looking for and what is it you really want to do? Because I'm going to talk tonight about the philanthropic, philanthropic part of what people do with their money, and I think you'll find that part of the fun in having money is being able to do something with it. There comes a point in time when you have all the shoes that you need to, to have and you have all the houses you need to own. And money's really about what you can do with it to help better the world and better your life, your family's life. And all that mean, doesn't necessarily mean what stuff you can buy. There's a lot of stuff out there, but there's a lot of people out there that you can help. And there's a lot of missions out there that really could use your assistance either by your time or your money. So just with that, let's talk about what is actually ph uh, philanthropy because um, we hear that word and this is a cool word for sure, but what is it? It simply means the love of humanity. 
Um, and that is really just a definition that's a private initiative for the public good, and it focuses on the quality of life. That's what philanthropy is. Now, a lot of times we use the words philanthropy or charity interchangeably, but they're actually not the same. So not all charity is philanthropy or vice versa. Um, and this is the way you want to think about it really is the common difference is that charity aims to relieve the pain of a particular social problem, whereas philanthropy attempts to address the root cause of the problem. So the difference is between when you've heard that saying, um, you feed, give a, give a fish to a hungry person versus teaching them how to fish and they'll eat every day. So that's the difference of it. The philanthropy is teaching you how to fish and the charity is, is giving you fish to feed you just for today. So that's really the difference of it. So when I talk about philanthropy, we're talking about cause, the root causes and, and finding the solution to the root cause of the problem. So we're happy, of course, charity is important too. And we certainly need the people to be supporting those who are going through cancer treatment, for example. But we also want to have the philanthropy that, that focuses on eliminating that part of the world in, in terms of cancer and the disease, just as an example. There's so many of them out there. So when you think about the, the organizations out there who are charitable organizations or not-for-profit organizations, in both Canada and the U.S., how many can you imagine are there out there? Because you hear, I'm sure you can think right now, if I say name a charity, you probably have 10 or 20 swirl around in your head right now and you can pick just one out because you'd have so many you're thinking of. You get asked all the time whether you know it or not to donate to charity. Um, you'll be, if your hospital has a parking lot that has a has payment, then every time you go into the hospital, you're you're donating to a charity. If you buy the hockey tickets for the youth hockey, um, you're donating to a charity. If you are buying those uh raffle tickets for the uh, those hospital um, million homes, million dollar homes that they raffle off, that's donating to charity as well. So there's a lot of different charities. There's big ones, there's small ones, there's um, national ones, there's some at the, just your your community level, there's some that, for example, we mentioned, I mentioned cancer earlier, there's uh, the Cancer Society that is both Canada and the United States. That there's charities that are big, they're globally, there are some that you probably never hear of. So there's just a lot of them out there. So how do you decide? Well, in Canada, there are over 170,000 charitable and not-profit organizations. Now, that's a lot of people out there looking for support with their organization. Of those 170,000, 85,000 of them are registered charities. That means they're recognized by the Canada Revenue Agency. So what does that mean, they're recognized? That means those are the ones that can issue you those tax receipts where you get those charitable slips every year. You collect them throughout the year. You donated $100 here and $20 here and $25 there, and you collect them all year. And those slips have a charitable uh, registered charity number on the slip somewhere. They all do. You may not have noticed it, but if you look at it now, you'll see it. So all those charities that are registered have their charitable registration number on it. That's because they're registered with Rev Canada in Canada, and that's our tax department. 
and they're able to issue receipts that you are able to put on your taxes as a towards your deductions. So the U.S. also has, uh, as you can imagine, since we are a small size in population of the U.S., they probably have a few more than Canada. So the National Center for Charitable Statistics in the United States, they have over 1.5 million nonprofit organizations registered in the United States. That is a huge number of charities that are looking for help. And that and those charities that are looking for help are all representing a certain type of population that are needing that particular care. So there is over 1.5 million nonprofit organizations in the United States that are registered. And those are public charities, private foundations, other types of nonprofit organizations. Um, that includes like a chamber of commerce, a fraternal organization, civic leagues. Those would all be in the United States. That's a lot of people that are registered. That's a lot of people that are being represented when you think about it. Uh, because if you think just there's 170,000 charitable organizations in Canada, 1.5 million in the U.S., how many people can you even imagine that that represents for whatever particular charity that they're offering their services for? That's huge. Like I just thought that was mind-blowing reading those numbers. So... I will because it is financially speaking and because I do talk about finances. I am going to talk a little bit about the charitable giving part of it. And then we're going to talk about really get into a lot of different types of philanthropy and, and what it means and how it really affects you. So, of course, I'm going to talk to you about what the government of Canada is going to accept from you on your taxes. No, you can't start your own charity and start writing stuff off. It doesn't work like that. There's no charity for being well-dressed at work that you can set up for yourself and then start writing your clothes and your shoes off. It doesn't work like that. So just in case you're thinking about something crazy like that, that's not something we can do. Uh, and you can't do it in the U.S. either. So if you're going to be a registered charity, that means you have to go through a very, very strict and specific process and application to get a charitable registration number. And it has to represent a particular area of the market, like a certain sector that needs help and attention. Like it's not easy. You don't just apply and, and get a charity tax uh, registration number. So here's how it works in Canada. And it's very, very similar in the United States. So donations of, this is typically what is a gift that qualifies as a tax, a charitable tax credit. So this is from a registered tax charity that issues your receipt that you claim on your taxes when you filed your taxes this last month. So donations of cash, goods, land, or listed securities to a registered charity or other qualified donees are eligible for a charitable tax receipt. So for a donation to be eligible, the transfer of ownership has to be voluntary. So you must on your own say, I want to give this money to this particular charity. So, if you do, in the examples of the donations that do qualify for your tax credit, you can give car, the cold, hard cash. So, if you want to give money, that counts. Securities, that counts if you want to donate stocks or shares. Ecologically sensitive land, that counts. Certified cultural property, capital property, 
or personal use property. Uh, personal use property, that's not physical land. That's something like a painting or a sculpture or jewelry or stamps or coins or any type of art that um, you would have as a personal use in your house. There was um, last week or the week before, I forget now, uh, the week seemed to go by so fast and the weather changes so much it's hard to tell where how fast things are happening. But um, I think it was last week the Rockefeller Center had the biggest sale of a personal collection, which was the Rockefeller family. And in the United States, of course, this was in uh, at Christie's in Toronto or Toronto in New York, sorry. And that would have been some a lot of personal use property. They had a uh, uh, Rembrandt paintings. They had um, like original artwork. It was really, really cool stuff. That's all personal use property that they would have had that they um, they would be auctioning off. But anyway, examples of donations that do not qualify. So you can't get a tax credit for contribution of service such as time, skills, or effort. You can't get a tax credit for payment of a basic fee uh, for administration to an event. For example, you can't get a tax credit if you pay fees for daycare or nursery school facilities. That's not a tax credit. The purchase price of a lottery ticket or any other chance to win a prize, even though the lottery proceeds benefit the, the charity, that's not a tax credit. The payment of tuition fees. There are a few exceptions in this case, but that is not a tax credit as a rule. Gift certificates donated by the issuer. They may qualify under some special circumstances, but as a rule, they don't qualify either. And pledges. So if you go and get pledges to um, run a race, for instance, you see that all the time where you pledge somebody so much to run a race, you can't write the pledges off as a tax credit. Um, so that's those are some of the examples that the tax department looks for to say, is it a qualified gift? Is it a tax charity, charitable tax receipt that you can accept? And they, of course, are going to look at if it's from a registered charity and you have that number. So if we're looking at stuff in charity that we are going to use on our taxes to lower our taxable income that we are submitting, then we have to make sure that we've got the right quote, the right charity numbers, the right uh, receipts that are issued and that they're for the right thing. Because if they're not, the government, the tax department specifically, they're going to not. They're going to disallow them, and you're not going to be able to write them off. And you don't want to be trying to do stuff that's not following the tax rules. Those can get you into a lot of trouble fast. So, as we go forward tonight, we'll talk about charitable giving. That's really the financial piece I want to talk to you about. I know that uh, we have to talk a little bit about money, but and we will talk about money, but not so much in how you write your taxes off, but how we will make plans for the next year that we're going forward between now and next April where we're planning our taxes and where we're going to put that money. So we're going to, when we come back after our first break, let's talk about um, charitable giving and how that is affecting households in Canada and the United States. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. When we return, we're going to continue to talk about philanthropy and how it affects us as people and our communities as a whole. We will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. 
We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and we are talking today about philanthropy. And it's sort of fitting since the show is financially speaking. Before we went to break, we were talking about the parts of uh, philanthropy that actually deal with our tax credits. So, yes, you can get money for get money back on your taxes for giving money to people, but I don't think that's why most people give money. And I think that um, if you think about what you donate money to and when and where you donate your money, because let's face it, we get asked all the time. As, as individuals, we get asked a lot to donate money. And if you're a business owner, I guarantee you're getting requests all the time, every day from some charity organization asking for assistance. And you have to decide, where am I going to put my money? Like, how am I going to distribute that money that I have coming in, how, where, how much, uh, to whom. So there's certain charities that we all have that have a special place in our heart. So say, for example, you are epileptic. Then there's a pretty good, or you have a family member who's epileptic. Then you normally have a soft spot for the epilepsy research or a charity that supports people with epilepsy. Same with the Canadian Federation for, um, oh, I got the name wrong. <laughs> it's the the Feder- uh, Canadian Federation, the Canadian Institute for the Blind. Anyway, the if you're if you're somebody who has a soft spot for people with blindness or sight challenges, then you typically pro- support that charity or support the events that that charity hosts. So these are some pretty cool facts. Now this is, we're going to start with the U.S. because I started with Canada last time. That the number of households giving as a percentage of private giving is its just incredible how much money people are, are giving to support other people. So giving by individuals make up the vast majority of contributions received by nonprofit organizations. Individuals, it's not the organizations that you're thinking. The estimate that individuals give amounted to, are you ready for this, $258.51 billion in 2014. That was an increase of 7.1% over 2013. That is phenomenal. Like, 
That's almost $260 billion that Americans donated to various charities and organizations. That's huge. Like, can you even fathom a number that big? Can you imagine all the work and all the support that people got and, and how many people were assisted with whatever it was, with whatever charity it was? That is a lot of money that can help a lot of people. The the state the National Center for Charitable Statistics, they said they report that the increase uh, so you what we all remember two thousand eight, two thousand nine, the big financial crash happened, the Great Recession that they've named it, and charitable givings dropped off a lot. But have reported that they are back up. The trend is back in giving in the United States. And they have been increasing in both their current and inflation-adjusted dollars for the last couple of years. That means they're keeping up with their inflation, which means if they've got a regular donation plan, they've actually increased the amount to keep up with the value of their dollar. It has not yet recovered to the pre-recession levels, but it's on a, it has been on a steady increase since 2008's big crash. So... Every year since 2009, there's been a gradual increase in support for different charities and organizations. Now, um, interestingly, the giving season is typically around the holidays. Now, for the United States, that's between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's uh, the big giving season, if you will. And the Center of Philanthropy found that most of the giving is up in that Thanksgiving, between Thanksgiving and New Year. So it shows that house, households with greater than $200,000 in income or net worth over a million bucks, that 42.7% of those surveyed gave more during the holidays than the rest of the year. Isn't that incredible? So almost, almost half of the money that they're donating is happening in just a few short months, right before the holidays. And I'm sure we're, you're all thinking it's probably because of that tax donation. I'm sure it may, there might be a little bit to it. But I think it's also part of what we're going to talk about a little bit later about how the feeling of giving takes um, takes over and, and really makes a, an impact on people and their decision to, to donate and how they're going to donate and how much. Now, for the Canadian, my Canadian friends out there, there's a similar statistic that in 2013, 82% of Canadians that were 15 years or older made a donation to a charitable or nonprofit organization. That's 82% of Canadians that were over 15 years old. That's huge. The proportion in 2004, however, was 85%. So you had the same same pattern. Obviously, Canada tied very closely to the U.S. There was um, we were very aware of the Great Recession. And same story, tax, tax uh, sorry, charitable giving are on a rise again. But you know, you have you have a, a huge global event like 2008 happen. Of course, it's going to affect a lot of different areas and a lot of different uh, avenues that we deal with. So naturally, that's going to be charity is going to be one of them that gets affected as well. But we're definitely on back on the upswing on charitable giving. So in Canada, 
from 2009-2013, the total dollars, the, sorry, the total donations made to charity and not-for-profit rose from $10.4 billion, $12.8 billion. So in 2013, there was actually more money given. There's an increase in 23%. So people are giving more money, like $12.8 billion. That is huge in Canada, huge. So it's super, super exciting to see that, you know, when you give $10 or $20 or $15, you probably aren't thinking sometimes it's that much or even a toonie or <laughs> I say a toonie for the Canadians. For everybody else, it's $2. So for those of you that even donate $2, you might not be thinking it's a lot, but when you have all these people that are donating $2, $5, $10, that's really how the impact starts to take place. Now, I can't help but but compare that to something called compound interest because that's really what happens. The compound effect takes over. These little tiny uh, do these little donations that we think aren't making a huge impact, they get compounded by adding a smaller donation to a smaller donation to a smaller donation. And the next thing you know, you have $258 billion or almost $13 billion in Canada. So it does make a difference. So people who think it doesn't make a difference, oh, what's $5 or $10 or $100? It definitely, absolutely adds up and makes a difference. So I thought those were pretty interesting and, and pretty cool statistics, really. I also thought it was pretty cool that women are more likely to donate money than men. Isn't that interesting? Um Women are more likely to donate by just, and, and don't get me wrong, men are very generous too. Women donate about 84%. Men donate about 80% when it comes to money. When it comes to food, 66% would be donated by women, 53% by men. And any other material goods, women would donate 82% and men donate 70%. So, I mean, men and women, this is certainly no contest. It's just interesting to see how that those numbers are. They're both fantastic numbers and they're both making a huge impact on the world. So most people though, when you ask why do they donate, you can think of um, so many different reasons why people would donate. I mentioned earlier that if you have a, a specific tie to somebody with a, an issue or, or in assistance and need of assistance, then you're more likely to be attached to that particular charity. But when they're asked about reading, the vast majority, this is 91% of all donors, said they felt compassion towards people in need. The other reasons that they, that they cited include the idea of helping a cause in which they are personally believed in, which is 88%. And other, the third reason was they just want to make a contribution to their community. That was 82% of the people. Those are the top three reasons right there. Compassion towards people, helping a cause which they personally believe in, and wanting to make a contribution for their community. The tax receipt didn't make the top three. So I know it's uh, that's one of the things that a lot of people ask about when it comes to, to finances and that. And, and certainly it makes a difference on your taxes if you donate enough. Um, it certainly could, but that's not the motivation that people have for donating money. So that's pretty cool. And I think when we talk about donations and philanthropy and charities, we really want to remember, you know, why we're doing what we do 
and how we best can help people do what they do best. And some of us are just, our role is to give this money to the charity so that they can do a good job and, and help all these people that need help and in diabetes or cancer or epilepsy or whatever the case might be. Um, and then there are those in the charities and their, their, their skill set is best used at implementing the money in a way that makes the best use of that money for the people that need it the most. So that's what I think about philanthropy. I want to think, you know, what's my best use of time? What's my best use of money? Am I going to be better serving people by just giving them the money? Or do I actually have skills or talents where I should be volunteering there as well? And those are things that you always want to think about when it comes to philanthropy. So it's not just about the tax break. It is about, it's actually mind-blowing to me how much money is donated. And the reasons that people donate, I think, is fantastic, fantastic. And the habits that people have that they get into donating are pretty awesome, too. So um, I think once people start to evaluate why they do what they do, then they start to see the effects that they have on other people. And, and that's what we're going to talk about after the break, is what do those effects have? How, do that, how does that affect you? You know, just giving somebody money is uh, relatively easy to do. I mean, and the, the, the physical part of just handing over a $5 bill is an easy thing to do. However, what does it actually do to you physically or mentally? So when we come back from the break, break let's talk about how there's more effects to giving money than just financial. We'll talk about how it affects you and your in your personal self. So when we return, we'll talk about that. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cusnoble, on the Inspired Choices Network. When we return, we will continue to discuss philanthropy, how it affects us and how it affects our community. We will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and today we are talking about philanthropy. So before we went to break, we were talking about the different statistics on how much money people give and, and the breakdown of who gives and how they give and the reasons why they give, which was that, which was really exciting to see that most people, the majority of people that are, are giving away money are giving it away because 
they have a compassion about something for a particular cause and for people in need in general, which is really a great thing. So when we talk about philanthropy, um, most people just talk about how much money got given. But this show is about how you can give and receive at the same time. And I know that sounds a little bit like a riddle, but it kind of, it's true. What, you know, if it were a riddle, it would be what can you do that can give and receive at the same time? And that is philanthropy. So, and that it kind of has a play on words, really, because you're giving money to an organization and they're receiving it at the same time. It's also you giving a part of you and your hard-earned money and how it's going to a place that has a special a special meaning to you. And you are also receiving from that. And what you're receiving is not financial. I'm not talking about receiving a tax credit, so yes, you, yes, you could say that too. But ha- let's say we've already got that. That's not our main focus. I mean, that's just a, a nice bonus, if you will that we get with it, but how does giving and gratitude benefit your physical health? Physical health, Because you know it does. Everything we do affects us somehow physically and mentally. You either think that you did the right thing and you feel good about it, or you think you did that because you had to do it and you don't feel great about it, but remember, um, everything does affect us physically. So when we start to recognize that, then you'll really start to realize what you can do to make yourself feel good all the time. And when people talk about that holiday season, and that's where, you know, almost 50% of the, the, the donations were being given in that holiday season, it's that feeling that's happening. People always say, you know, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. Well, they don't get starting to look like Christmas or sound like Christmas. It feels like Christmas because there's a feeling that goes with it. And it's not something you can touch or see, but uh, for anyone that listens to Simon Sinek or watch his uh, TED Talks video or, or read anything about his and, and uh, know your why, it's that feeling that you get in the gut of your, the pit of your stomach that says, I don't know what it is about it, but it doesn't feel right. I just didn't like how that was. And, and it could all look perfect and all the numbers could match where they need to match and all the colors could be perfectly aligned and, and everything, but this doesn't feel right. And that's what he's talking about, um, which I highly recommend as a, as a little side note to tonight's topic. Um, it's a fantastic TED Talk that Simon Sinek does. But uh, it, it is about how you feel, and that's really what we're looking at is how we feel. So what what really can happen to you when you are being philanthropic? Well, there's there's a few things. So it can lower your blood pressure. Um, showing gratitude can actually motivate you to exercise more because you feel a little bit happier and more motivated so you go exercise more and when you exercise more then you are being um, uh, very physically healthy so you're doing something good for your body which will help you lose weight which will help you maintain the right blood sugar levels which will just give you an overall benefit of health not to mention the fact that you know you'll look good at You'll just walk a little taller and stand a little taller. It gives you, puts you in a good mood when you feel good. So it's, there's a lot of really great things that happen when you start to feel good, right? So that's one of them. Being charitable can also help your heart. Heart disease is a silent killer, and they're often this, they're overlooked, the symptoms. But volunteering can actually help you 
with um, some of these health benefits because those states with a higher rate of volunteers also have, this is for you in the U.S., the higher states of volunteers also had lower incidence of heart disease and better physical health. So how cool is that? So we volunteer, we're doing good things for people, and we're doing things for ourselves as a, that are good, and you're helping your body, which is also going to help you for the long term, which is fantastic. If you're thankful, it can help lower your cholesterol. Gratitude can physically protect your heart um, because it also helps improve your dietary behavior and it curbs your use of substances like cigarettes and alcohol. Uh, gratitude can also lower your cholesterol. Um, it's all great news. Giving back can, with giving back meaning volunteering and being generous, can actually help you live longer. So there was a study that was done in the U.S. 2013, and it shows that people who volunteer, whether it be serving at a community soup, chicken, soup kitchen or visiting nursing homes, they reduce their early mortality rate by 22% compared to those who abstain from giving back. Volunteers also reported higher life satisfaction. So how cool is that? We can, there's so many things that we're going to give and receive at the same time. It's just incredible. Longevity and generosity can also come into play when it comes to addiction. Recovery groups like Alcoholics Anonymous depend on the willingness, of, willingness to help others through sponsorships and social support. Having others is the key to these kinds of programs. You can increase the likelihood of your own recovery if you're engaged in helping others recover too, just by being empathetic, compassionate, and generous towards them. How cool is that? So you're going to help people and you're going to help yourself. And when you're thinking, if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because if you're, if you're focused on helping somebody else, you're not focused about complaining about what you don't have or, or if you're not exactly the right size, you put on some weight or your hair's not the right cut or the right color. So the stuff that you focus on, you don't notice because you're, you're doing something genuine and helping other people. So practicing gratitude also helps you sleep better. I might have to read this one a few times because I'm not always the best sleeper, but um, I do love the idea that it helps you sleep better. So who doesn't want more a better night's sleep? I'm definitely going to sign up for that. So experts suggested that expressing what you're thankful for will help you get the satisfying sleep that often feels so elusive. And better sleep equals better health. So again, we get good sleep, we get good health, our body's going to thank us and we're going to live longer. How cool is that? And for anybody interested, that the research also also showed that the lack of sleep can contribute to weight gain and hurt your heart. So there you go. We're going to do all these great things and we're going to do these great things for ourselves. And one last part that this showed was generosity and gratitude can reduce your stress. So when you keep your stress in check, it's crucial that you keep your emotions in check as well, and your emotional well-being. So that all affects your physical health. So we've all heard it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you have too much stress, you can increase your risk for stroke. You mess up your respiratory system. You can upset your stomach. Um, you can have all kinds of physical ailments and problems brought on by stress. But 
if you express gratitude and you help those that need your help, that actually helps reduce your stress. So there's all these fantastic, fantastic pieces to philanthropy that we are able to really take advantage of. So I'm super excited about that. I think that people I, I'm sure expect when you're talking on financially speaking, we're going to talk about philanthropy. We're going to talk about how much money we can save on our taxes and reduce our taxable income and how many credits can we get and should we be, can you buy tax credits? Like, I mean, there's certain ways in the U.S. and stuff like that, but let's be honest. If we can get under control our physical health, then you definitely are going to be in a position where you're happier and you live longer and you're healthier. And if you're happier, then you're focused on um, being happy and doing things that you love, which means you'll probably make more money because you're happy where you are and what you're doing in your job. And then you have more money to give, which means you can help more organizations or help one organization in a bigger, bigger way. Like it's just a, a complete snowball effect that I think is just fantastic. And I mean, not to sound too philosophical on it, but really it could be the recipe to just help the world to heal in every which way. So if we all focused on gratitude and we all focused on philanthropy, that really would eliminate the problems in the world because we're not focusing on ourselves and, and all the things that we don't have and, complaining about the weather and complaining about our hair or car or whatever it is because at the end of the day those aren't the problems that the uh, places outside of Canada and the United States those those are things that we might focus on but that's really you know first world problems so I just think it's really cool when you see these studies and and you read how these great effects are can help you so that is <clears throat> excuse me what we really wanted I really want to talk about tonight with philanthropy was not just the fact that, yeah, for sure, there's financial effects to it. And, and I'm not going to lie, that's part of what I do in my job is we look at that and, and we see what's the tax implications and, you know, how can we mitigate and, and where do we want to do it if we want to do it? Of course, that's part of the plan. But I really believe that's just the bonus. That's like cherry on top. It's how you feel and what you can do and the number of people you can help. Think about all the charities and all the people that you have have seen or been at a fundraiser for. And they are so grateful and so thankful for your support. And people who have received, and philanthropy, I'm not talking just charity of giving money. Like you talk about people who have been on an organ donor list and they receive that and you've saved their family because you've saved their life. Like that's all very, very incredible giving. So <clears throat> we should start to think about that in a different way, I think, when we're thinking about our money. Instead of being so upset or scared to be um, giving it away to uh, pay our taxes or giving it away to buy, you know, products and services, we should be, A, I think we should be thankful that we're in a position that we can even do that, that we honestly live in a, we live uh, in a country and our, and our friends south of us in the U.S., live in a country that we, we're in a position where you can go do that. But then we're also in a position we can actually affect change on people's lives. Like That's just incredible. That blows my mind when I think about it. Like you actually are in a position where you can affect change on someone else's life. So, um, and the cool thing is there's science to back it up. So it's not just me in a philosophical state. There's actual science to it. So when we come back from break, <clears throat> we are going to talk about five ways that's good for you to to give and we're going to talk about some of the largest charitable donations just because 
there's some big numbers out there, and I just like to blow your mind with some of those numbers. <clears throat> so you're listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. When we return, we'll continue to talk about philanthropy and how we're going to change the world by giving and receiving. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about philanthropy, how it is uh, great to give and receive at the same time. Before we went to break, we talked about the physical effects that philanthropy and charity has on your on your body, on your mind, and and the ultimate effect is how it affects other people. So the best part is we're going to give money and we're going to give time or we're going to give artwork or whatever we're donating and it's going to make us feel good and we're going to help other people and we're going to solve problems that they're serious, serious problems that are out there for for people in terms of physical and mental uh, need that they have. So <clears throat> I want to talk to you just a little bit more about um, what we're going to do when we give to donate to charities or volunteer your time because giving your, I know you're not going to get a tax receipt for that, but there's a lot of great effects on volunteering at the local soup kitchen or Salvation Army or the local hospital or whatever the case may be. So volunteering your time is super, super important. I, 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 for those of you that were here last week, I had the privilege of having uh, Paul Jenkins on. He's the executive director at the St. Thomas Elgin General Hospital. And I do some volunteer work there and, and try and help as as I can. And I have to tell you that I sometimes feel like I get more out of it than I, I give because it's incredible how much, uh, you know, a couple hours a week can do for your soul. And I think it's important that we all look at that. And, and I encourage people to look at that as part of their whole life plan and their financial plan to incorporate it all because you can do it all. Um, one of the studies that Harvard Business School did was they they studied to say, okay, what happens when you give money and, and what happens to people? And they said it, it, giving makes us feel happy. That was the number one thing. Giving makes us feel happy. And they were asked, uh, sorry, they saw similar results when they were asked to perform 
five acts of kindness each week for six weeks. So the feeling, it's right in your biology. It's right in your the, the core of yourself. It makes you feel happy. And I mean, really, what's better than that? Isn't that really what we're all trying to do anyway? The secret of life is just to be happy. So the other thing, which we talked about before the break, was giving's good for our health. Like, it's got good physical reasons that you want to look after yourself. So there's a, a great book, uh, Why Good Things Happen to Good People by Stephen Post. And he reported about that it being good for your health, but he reports that giving to others have been shown to increase health benefits in people with chronic illness, including HIV and multiple sclerosis. Like, it's serious stuff. It's not just about, oh, I feel good about myself. Like, it's genuine. It's good for your health. It actually can help counter some health effects that you have been struggling with. Elderly people who volunteered for two or more organizations were 44% less likely to die over a five-year period than were non-volunteers, even after they controlled for their age, exercise habit, general health, and negative health habits like smoking. So you're gonna. We talked about how you're gonna live longer. There's studies that back this up. We should all be doing it. That we found. They found individuals who provided practical help to friends, relatives, or neighbors or gave emotional support to their spouses, had a lower risk of dying over a five-year period than those who didn't. So it's just, it's incredible the stuff that, that philanthropy has on your, your not just your pocket book, you know, in your bank account, but on your mind and your body and your spirit. So researchers also found that um, giving improves your physical health and longevity because it also decreases stress, which we talked about, and it helps provide social support. We talked about lowering your blood pressure and it just does a lot of great things for you. Giving promotes cooperation and social connection. When you give more, you're likely to get more. And that's not why we do it, by the way. And I'm certainly not, I'm not probably uh, you should all go out and volunteer somewhere so you can get stuff back. You, you will, you, it will come back. You won't even realize it. Um, they, the reason is, that these exchanges promote a sense of trust and cooperation that strengthens your ties to other people. And there's lots of research that supports that. They also found that giving evokes gratitude. When you're giving and being grateful, you are sharing in gratitude, which helps you be more grateful. And it helps you express gratitude, which also gives you a better sense of purpose and leads to all the health benefits we've talked about. And giving's contagious. So when we give, we don't only help out the immediate recipient of the gift, we're also starting the ripple effect of our generosity through the community. So that's exactly how it works. When you you give and then you tell people and then they give and you just expand your circle that way. And I think that's so very cool. And that's what we want to do. Now, I do want to share with you just some 10 of the largest charitable donations of 2017, just because it's just plain cool trivia. And the, the impact that it has. So I'm sure all of you out there have heard of Bill and Melinda Gates and their foundation. Bill Gates was the one of the co-founders of Microsoft, which has been very, very successful. And uh, they're very, very generous people. So every year, billions of dollars that we talked about are going back into uh, um, the communities that we live in. And the Chronicle of Philanthropy, I have to, to tell you, this was really amazing. In 2016, the 10 biggest charitable gifts totaled $4.3 billion. So 10 
gave $4.3 billion, which is awesome. But remember, you guys in the U.S., you gave almost 260 <clears throat> overall. So <clears throat> the past total came this last year was $10.2 billion. And on the top of it was a $165 million gift from um, one couple that were co-founders of Environmental Systems Research. And another one of the top 10, which was the second one, was Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They did $4.6 million in Microsoft stock. And the recipient was their foundation, which they started in 2000. And um, <clears throat> behind the, the Bill and Melinda Gates was the Facebook founder, who is CEO, their CEO is Mark Zuckerberg, and his wife, Priscilla Chan. They gave $1.9 billion to the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation. That's a not-for-profit arm of their organization, which is pretty cool. So these guys that are making all this money that you read about or you see on TV, they're actually donating it back. The third largest donation came from Michael Dell, who's the founder of Dell Computers, and his wife, Susan. They did a billion dollars as part of their endowment. Um, like, you, you see all these guys that are giving all this money. You know, George Soros, he... He his he's a financial guy, and, I, and if you don't know him, um, anyone in finance would know him. He's he's been hugely successful as an investor, and his charitable gifts in 2017 exceeded more than a billion dollars. But because they weren't one single lump sum, they were given to various different organizations. He doesn't make the 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 top three cut because it was spread out. But that's totally okay. That's not why he does it. So I just want to give you an idea of the charitable givings, and you have a lot of these billionaires, and I know they might have heard about billionaires' pledge that they did years ago where they donate their money, and that's a cause that they're all taking up, which is very cool. So that's it for philanthropy. Next week, I'm going to have a guest, Alyssa Light, and she talked to us about marketing and some really cool tips and tricks. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be right back here next week. So everyone have a great time. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.